The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. How big a signing will Shane Duffy prove to be for Celtic? Yanis Hadji is raving about the Rangers' atmosphere. Can they keep top spot in the Premiership? What do you think about Ollie McBurney? Out of the Scotland game, but he played for Sheffield United. Stevie Clark's had his say. Uh, you can have yours as well on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson is here for a Wednesday night. And Ali, those are all important ways of getting in touch. Absolutely. If you've not already called us before, 0808 17 17 700 is the number. And if you want to drop us a text, 874 74 with Go at the start. And of course, you can always get in touch via the socials at Go Football Show. A big name guest coming up and his surname is a big name, let me tell you. But before we go there, let's go here because Celtic confirmed the signing. We've been talking about it for some days now. It's finally gone through a year-long loan deal from Brighton and Shane Duffy is a Celtic player. What does his Irish international teammate Jeff Hendrick reckon? He's a Celtic fan. It's a massive club, massive fan base. It's going to be different for him. In England, he's, he's used to English football, but going up there would be great for him. But I think he's going to be loved. He's a great player and he gives everything to the team. And them sort of fans up there, that's that's what they want to see. So Shane Duffy is a Celtic player. More, to, more on that to come in the course of the next couple of hours. We'll be speaking to Billy Reid, the former Hamilton manager. He's assistant manager at Brighton. And, and that's the club, of course, who have loaned Duffy to Celtic. So he knows all about him. He knows the sort of player uh, that you Celtic fans are going to be getting. What do you reckon? It's finally happened. Shane Duffy is all yours. Uh, get on the phones. Let us know what you think about that. Uh, former Celtic defender Stephen Craney will be joining us later on as well. He was uh, Barry's buddy in Blackpool for a while, wasn't he? He sure was. Um, Cranes, I'll be honest with you, Rob, I always thought he was he was a decent player, Cranes, but when I actually went to Blackpool and I, I trained day in, day out with him, um, I realised that he was even better than that. Um, very good on the ball, uh, excellent to play with. So I'll be looking forward to getting... Uh, Cranes on the show And he was very good In those late night flights Back from London as well We'll find out a little bit more About <laughs> that later on But uh, we're talking about uh, Celtic defenders Let's talk to Former Celtic defender Eric Sviatchenko Eric how are you? I'm good thank you Hello guys Hi How are you doing Eric? Good to have you on The, the, Go, the Go Radio Football Show How are things in Denmark? Uh, things are good in Denmark um, Getting uh, close to our Next Champions League uh, campaign, so uh, we're getting we're getting there, and also the the Superliga is starting soon. So we're we're there, and uh, looking forward to the season starting. You've only had two clubs in your life. Um, you started with Michelin. Do you think, will you finish with Michelin? Do you think, Eric? Uh, that's a good question. Um, at the moment, uh, I'm doing really really fine in Michelin, and and I'm hoping to develop even more, but. Uh, Again, I'm getting into my best age as a central defender, 28, 29, 30. So I might see myself as well at some point um, try try myself uh, at an even higher level. Um, so whatever the, the future will bring, I'll be ready for it. The treble at Celtic, what was that like? How, what was that all about? <laughs> yeah, it was a magical moment for me personally, but also, of course, for the club, something that has... Um, been unprecedented. Uh, so in that matter, it was um, a huge step for for everyone, uh, especially be being involved in it uh, for first step. Um, so it's something that I look upon as as something uh, of a great achievement. And in Denmark, the problem is that no one really 
gives anything about winning the the treble. Uh, but in Scotland, when whenever I'm I'm back and I'm going to be that in in the future as well for for visiting Glasgow, especially then. As I made a joke uh, at some point, I will wear a sign on my back that says, uh, "Have you ever been an invincible treble?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- those were those were special times. Were you ready for what playing for Celtic meant? How did it compare the, the intensity of the whole experience compared with what you expected it to be before you joined? Um, I had an expectation, but um, I, I was still overwhelmed in some way, in a positive way of of the connection between um, the, the fans and, and the players and, and the club in general. Uh, so much history, especially when you you look upon a club that is formed in 1888. Um, it's something of a club who has been through uh, a lot. Uh, and you feel that as a player uh, too, especially being the connection between the fans because they they live for the club. And, and you see that in, in the generations, uh, no matter if it's a grandpa or, or a son, uh, they they start uh, really really early supporting uh, Celtic football club, so that's something that's also um, is is uh, felt by the players. Um, so it was a it was an experience that I I I loved every second of, and something that I hope someday I will maybe um, experience again. Or oh, see, there could be a second trip back. You never know. Uh, <laughs> depends on, on if they call. I will always be up for a, for a return. How was it playing for Brendan Rodgers? What was he like as a manager? Uh, good manager. Uh, I would say one of the best, if not the best, I've had. Um, so so much uh, professionalism, so much, um, what do you say, charisma and so much star quality when he came in and, and transformed the, the team, but also the club in some way and had the, a really, really good uh, connection with the fans as well because... The Celtic fans are amazing, but they can also also be really demanding sometimes. And there, you have to have a manager who can who can uh, control those emotions. And I think he did that really well, especially when we look upon that situation when uh, when we played at uh, Gibraltar and lost that game. I think a lot of fans were were angry and disappointed, but he went out and and I remember he was just calm and composed and said, "No worries. This is the first game. We'll bounce back." And then at home, uh, everything happened, and then. That season was uh, magical, uh, if everyone remembers. So uh, he had a lot of, of positive things, and and so, someone who developed me as a player uh, too. You, you, I mean, you were signed by Ronnie Dyla, so you were there already. So you would have shared in that feeling that everybody had in Glasgow at that time, that feeling of of shock, I guess, when Brendan Rodgers was announced uh, as the new Celtic manager. Yeah, well, that was a bus, especially because uh, you. There was 13,000 fans or something uh, gathered uh, at, at Celtic Park, so that meant something for 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 everyone, uh, especially because he had bounced from uh, from Liverpool uh, with with good achievements and almost a Premier League victory uh, or championship. So you knew what kind of manager you got in, and and his staff who he brought with him was also at a really really high level. So at that point, everything really really um, cracked on in some way and. And yeah, all the players in some way stepped up to the level that he wanted to, and and everyone performed. So yeah, it was a it was a shock, but a positive shock because it transformed the club into what it is today. I think um, even better than it was before. As you say, he, he had real star quality about him, and I, and I think the minute he went, came in the door, people were saying, "Oh, how long is he going to be here? Will it just be the season? Maybe two seasons?" And mm. w- were you surprised about the timing when he eventually did leave for? 
Leicester in the midst of the, the treble treble? Uh, it's difficult to, to have an opinion, especially because I wasn't there. But as I could imagine, it's it's a difficult call. He has always said that he wanted to to be the manager of Celtic for a long time. And I think he was that as well, because as you said, people were thinking maybe one, two seasons, but he stayed there for a while and and did so many good things. And I think he has, he has laid the foundation for a lot of good things that is happening in Celtic at the moment. Um, so you can see it as, as a negative thing that he leaves, but I would say as it's sometimes a natural thing. Uh, it's difficult, especially at Celtic, uh, to keep players and managers for for the entire season, uh, for the entire careers and for many seasons to come because there's big, big competition, especially from the Premier League. Um, so I think it's 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 what happens in football sometimes. And I think everyone has moved on now and, and need to be really, really happy for what he did for the club. Eric, it's Barry Ferguson here. How are you doing? Hi, Barry. I'm good, thank you. As a centre-back yourself, what... Um, Julian and, and I have been taking a bit of criticism over the last couple of weeks what do you think of, of them two as a, a, a back two pairing? Um, I think it's it's emotional sometimes when when fans are, are, are giving criticism to, to the players because not long ago maybe a couple of months before the corona they were doing absolutely brilliant the playing away in Europa League and progressing and they couldn't get a lot of praise and then you get maybe a couple of games where they struggle a little bit, which is natural. Um, so in that sense, I think sometimes it's it's a bit harsh um, to, to to get the criticism that they do because they are good players uh, and they, they need to have all the games they can have together. So I still the, the think the pair is, is, is really good. And especially with Aya, who is still young and he already played 100 games, I think... Um, Someone forgets that sometimes that he has done so much. And with Julian, I've seen a lot of games with him. He also have a, a really good presence about him. And um, yeah, I, th- I think they've been been good, to be fair. Do you think Celtic will continue? Um, they haven't been doing it so far, but will they go back to a back three, do you think, Eric? Which, which was what they did after the turn of the year last season. And it worked really well. With uh, with Griffiths and Odson Edouard up front, that whole system seemed to work for Celtic. Do you think with the signing of Shane Duffy today, that might be the three, and that might be uh, Neil Lennon's plan from here? Um, it could it could look like that, um, but again, it's 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 always like that with with big clubs and 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 who wants to compete in in all different competitions uh, across uh, the tournament and also in Europe, you have to have a, a large squad and you have to have quality players all around. So you have to bring in quality. Um, and when you bring in a, a Premier League player um, in, in Duffy, then you, you also get quality from minute one. Um, so I think it's it's also a calculation of, of being um, competitive in all, all matters. Um, so whether they're going to play with three or going to play with four or, or whatever, um, we're going to see, but I think it's um, it's a matter of having a, a squad that's big enough and good enough. Eric, it's Ali here. You've had a, obviously a great Hi, career and played with some incredible players, but you've also had the experience of playing alongside Scott Brown as a captain. So, how influential mm-hmm. do you think he is? No, he is really influential and instrumental in, in that matter. Um, his um, his charisma again. Uh, we talked about Brendan Rodgers had charisma, and Scott Brown had charisma in that sense of 
of always being the man who who's running in front of us and I've said it before as well in interviews around him that uh, the huddle uh, when we when we gather around on the pitch uh, before the big roar from the Celtic fans that's where I really felt that this is a captain who's who is really really living this Celtic uh, dream in some way and always gave his 100% um, and a fun fact as well that he was always tra- uh, training uh, or traveling or walking around the, uh, the the small walks we had in t-shirt and shorts no matter what we <laughs> it could be minus 5 degrees and he was walking there uh, alongside KT who always did the same uh, so that, that was that was also something that we looked upon and said they are never sick and I was wondering I'm walking around with a big jacket and I was still sick so that was a, some Scottish blood maybe um, but no he's uh, he's an amazing character and, and has he played maybe 700 plus games for a club which is un, uh, incredible and something that you can always uh, look and, and get inspired of. You mentioned KT there. Kieran Tierney is onwards and upwards, isn't he? A couple of winners' medals already with Arsenal, mm-hmm. and it looks as if he is going to fulfil all the potential he showed way back then. Yes, another fun fact actually. So uh, that Scottish that Scotland produces a lot of good things amongst left backs. Uh, <laughs> so you have uh, Andy Robertson and, and Kieran Tierney as, as two top top. Uh, left backs in the world so it's nice to see Kieran as well really really get to shine now after his a bit uh, abrupt start with, with injuries uh, and now he's really really getting to, to show whatever uh, what he showed at Celtic as well and what he has shown on, on the national team so yeah I'm happy for, for him as well yeah, if we, if we could switch one of those into a right back, we'd be we'd be grateful because, because we we do have deficiencies yeah, be in other areas, but we're certainly we're certainly well stocked at, at left back at the moment. Um, yeah. Eric, it's Ali here. I was just thinking, your wife signed for Celtic. Um, obviously not your wife at the time, but now is. What was it like being able mm-hmm. to play football and then come home and chat to somebody who understands the game and and can live it with you? No, it's always nice. Um, my wife has always been playing football and uh, on a high level, so she always understood uh, the decisions of, of football sometimes, especially if being a family, that's one thing. But also, she she knows the fact of of, um, of the pressure sometimes when you play football. Uh, not that she was living uh, like we were playing football uh, at, at that high level, but still she, she knew and understood. So... It was it was always a good thing, and it is a good thing that you uh, that I have a wife that that knows the game, and and whenever I want to watch uh, Celtic, she's always um, by my side, so that's good. She's happy to watch it too. You you picked up that bad injury, didn't you? The you, knee ligaments, I think it was Eric in the the Champions League qualifier against Rosenberg, um, and you were out for a yeah. spell. Was was that in a sense the beginning of the end of your time at Celtic? Was that was that? Do you feel as if that? Um, was quite a significant moment in your Celtic career. Um, I would say it was the most significant significant moment because um, the timing was was bad. Um, I, I was starting to play again and had been shown um, the confidence and, and the belief from the manager as well to to get on again to to play again. So for me, it was uh, three months or something uh, I was out that I could have used to. To get myself into the team again, which I, I believe 100% that I would have uh, been, um, but then again, the injury helped me um, on the sideline for you know, those three months, and I came back, and then 
unfortunately, the way back was a bit more rough and bumpy than I than I hoped for and believed. Um, and that's football when it's when it's the worst. When you are at a place where you really really like it, but then again also have the the the, um, the thing that that puts you into your mind that you also want to develop as a football player and and being 26 years old and sitting on the on the bench or, or even worse on the stands is not going to give you any development especially now when i look back on my decision where i'm now uh, it was the right decision because i'm at the peak of my career now and have captained uh, Michelin for 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 a danish championship last season and, and now we are getting close to going through to Hopefully, if we can do it to Champions League, so that would be something magical happening, especially being the captain of of my my boy boyhood uh, team. But of course, it was a it was a it was a moment that I that I look upon as as a significant one and one that I would like to change if I could. But again, something happens for a reason, and as we talked about, maybe one day I'll I'll play at Chelsea Park, maybe not in a in a hoops uh, jersey, but might be in a in another jersey. Yeah, and while that injury hastened, probably hastened your exit from Celtic, and that would be a, a regret by the sounds of it, uh, that would be completely overshadowed by the all the, the happy times and the successful times and, and the fact that you're part of that treble winning team in 2016-17. In I mean, that, that's, a, that's one you'll keep with you forever. Indeed. So I'm, I'm a, tend- a kind of guy who, who looks on the positive side and the bright side of it, so... I'll look at as those two years as as amazing, and especially those two years felt like they were five or six years uh, in that matter because I, I learned so much and we develop as as a family as well being abroad. But uh, I will always cherish the memories and especially the friendships as well that that football gives you across um, borders. So good friends now with with the players and. And always speak to them whenever we can. So that's uh, that's also a good thing about football that you meet different cultures and and uh, you f- you fell in love with places. And now Glasgow is a top three city, so that's positive. And once travelling becomes a little bit easier, you'll, you'll be back. Yeah, yeah, of course. Eric, lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you guys. Thank you. All the, and all Thank the best you. with Mitchell and all the best uh, to you and the family as well in Denmark. That was Eric Sviatchenko, the former Celtic defender on the Go Radio Football Show. Get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Get involved on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. It's 5.26 and it's football chat all the way, Monday to Friday, 5 to 7, Glasgow Zone, go radio and uh, get involved in the usual ways, 0808 17 17 700, you can text go in your message to 87474 and on the socials at go football show before the break. Uh, it was great hearing again from the former Celtic defender Eric Sviatchenko. Interesting thoughts about Celtic then and Celtic now. Let's get th- let's get some thoughts about not <laughs> Rangers then, but Rangers now from Tarek, who's calling us from Larbert. Hi, Tarek. Hey, hi, Bano. You know, I was trying to get on the other day, but I had a few difficulties with my phone. But Barry went dead. Oh dear. Well, the phone call. You know, let's let's put the really accent. Like- let's put the accent on the positive. You've got through this time. Well, this is it. This is it. God loves a good trial, you know, and I'm definitely one of them. <laughs> but what do you call it? Uh, you know, it was a, really a question for Barry, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, all the rest of the panel can get involved if they want. But I actually think that Rangers, as a football club, 
and as my football club that I've supported for a long time, they, they should uh, uh, give Steven Gerrard a new a rolling five-year contract. Tariq, how are you and, doing? Uh, I'm not too bad, but is that you, Barry? Uh, is, how are you doing? I, I'm not too bad, Barry, yourself? I'm very good, thanks. Very good. Uh, Tariq, in terms of a, a long-term contract, I'm sure he's just not long signed, I think, it in, until 2023. Um, yeah, until his uh-huh. his contract goes, so that's still another three years. Three years. And I think that's sufficient in terms of if he's going to go and buy players and and, and build for the future. I'm sure a year or, or eighteen months down the line, I'm sure uh-huh. if he's been successful, that the, the club will then um, again sit down with him and and see where they want yeah. to go. But in terms of just now, yeah. I think he's doing a fine job. I've I've always said that when he was getting a bit of criticism. After mm-hmm. they come back after the winter break, which was just criticism, um, to be fair, yes. I think they deserved it. I think yes. since he's come in, he's certainly improved Rangers. I think he's made them better. I think he's brought in better signings, and certainly yep. with this season, he's done his business uh-huh. early, which I like. He's got the guys yep. in early into pre-season, mm-hmm. integrate them into the group. Um, so yes. I, I think it's it's sufficient time just now. And then yeah, I've just been told his yes. contract runs until 2024, so he's in a long term. Well, that, that, that's quite good news. I'm quite happy to hear that, you know, because I didn't know that. But the reason that, that I'm seeing a five year rolling contract is because I, I definitely believe, and I definitely believe this, that Stephen Gerrard's going to be the next Liverpool manager. And I don't see uh, Liverpool waiting, uh, uh, you know, like. You know, five years for me would be security for Rangers. You see, mm-hmm. if Liverpool do come calling, because it, it, it looks like it, to me that Steven Gerrard is Liverpool through and through, as well as Rangers now. Do you yeah, think? Do you, think a con- do you think a contract matters that much? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the modern day, you've you've all sorts of release clauses and, and all the yeah, rest of it. I mean, you know, if he wants to stay, I mean, the way the way I feel about Steven Gerrard is, if he wants to stay, he'll stay. If he wants to go. He'll go. Yep, I agree with you, Rob. There'll be there'll be things in the contract um, clauses if a club like a Liverpool do come in to, to try and get the manager away. But I, I think he knows himself. He needs to start winning trophies. He certainly improved Rangers on the pitch. You can see each year they're getting yep. better. But this is uh-huh. the the crunch this year. They need to start winning yeah. trophies. The manager knows that. Mm-hmm. And when he starts winning trophies for Rangers. Um, then the, the bigger clubs I'm sure um, down south will yeah. start looking at him but at this moment yeah. in time he needs to start winning trophies Do, do you think yeah. Tarek the, do you think the contractual situation affects it as to whether he stays or goes? Well see to be honest with you uh, you know I think he's very very happy where he is just now and I think also Rangers couldn't be any happier because I mean he's transformed the club as a manager on the managing side of things I mean, uh, you know, the, the directors, Mr. Park, uh, is doing a fantastic job uh, with, with the actual club. I mean, it's been absolutely transformed, the club. I mean, it's, it's just uh, unbelievable. Because I was quite sad with the way things have happened over the last few years before that, you know. But he needs to win a trophy. He needs, and he needs to stop Celtic doing 10 in a row, doesn't he? I mean, that's, that's massive. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's like anything in life, uh, you know, you know what comes around goes around. Everybody, you know, like you have your good times, and you have your bad times. It's happened for Celtic in the past. It's happened for Rangers now, but I can only see good times for Rangers. As I've been saying for quite a while now, 
the future's bright, the future's definitely orange, you know. And that's why I made In terms of the manager, in terms of the manager, they've got to remember he's still young as a manager. He's yeah. he, this is his first job, and to take on the Rangers job, which is a massive job, the pressures that he, he's under twenty four seven. Um, is unbelievable and I think he's handled it really well the only disappointment is he's not won a trophy for the last couple of years but he knows that he knows at some stage he needs to deliver a trophy um, but I, I've said it the last couple of years I really do think he's the right man for the job I like the way he goes about it I don't know if you agree with me Rob or Tarek I like when he comes on and the way he speaks the way I, I, he handles I, yeah. the media I think it's exactly. great and the way and the way yeah. that he's he's built this Rangers yeah. team from, the way from day one, from day one, the first, I, mean, yeah. I remember his press conference mm. when he when he signed on as the Rangers manager, yeah. and he's very um, honest as well, yeah. and I like well, that absolutely. And uh, you yeah. know he, he tell he tells it like it is. Mm. I mean, Yanis Hadji has been speaking today about the the amazing atmosphere uh, at Rangers at the moment. He's been he's been raving about it about the the feeling within the club, and and, and Barry, that's what comes from a, a six match unbeaten start to the season where you haven't conceded a goal either. It's simple, Rob. Winning games creates a happy squad, um, and certainly the Rangers have done that. They've won the five games out of the six. The only blip, as I said, was at Livingston. But Hadji's come out and seen their comments, and it's good to see that. I mean, you've got a confident dressing room. You've got a happy dressing room. To me, again, I, I see a real togetherness as well, more than I have seen the last couple of years. Um, I don't oh, yeah. know whether the managers maybe sat them down and says you need to be more together you need to like, spend a bit more time but I see a certain improvement I see a steely determination in this this Rangers uh, Rangers team the only again thing was the Livingston result and also the Morelos situation I hope in the next week to 10 days before we, we get back to the, the next game the next domestic game that it's sorted certainly for the players sake and Rangers sake because they need to go forward they need to be 100% committed because they've got trophies to try and win this season. Tarek, what would you get like back, to see happen back. with Morelos? Do you do you want him to stay and get back scoring oh, goals, no. or do you want or do you want him out the door? No, I, I listen. I don't want him out the door. If the gentleman wants to stay and play football because of the Rangers, I'm quite happy for him to stay. And I think Stephen Gerrard the same, you know. But the problem is that he made noise to leave, and so I think his career at Rangers is actually over. They're actually trying to get you know offload him. And as soon as the money comes in for them, then they will. But I don't think they're uh, silly. They're not going to let him go on the cheap. I mean, we've already let one player on the cheap go, and that was Ross McCrory. We let him go to Aberdeen. And, uh, you know, well, Barry's there just now. I mean, see Barry's, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, family member, uh, Loose, yep. that plays for Aberdeen. I, I think they should have tried to negotiate to bring him to Rangers, you know, because that's what I'd like to see. Do a wee because swap. Because he's a fantastic young player. Sorry? I said, yeah. do a wee swap, Tarek. Yeah, certainly. Well, a wee swap. Mm-hmm. But see, when I actually thought about it, you know, actually it made sense to me why the, the Rangers have set Ross McCrory to Aberdeen because there's a wee clause, you were talking about clauses, there's a wee clause in that contract that you can't play against Rangers, you know. So we'll see if it works out. And I think the board have used their head on that one, and it's uh, it's good for everybody all around. And it's great to see Ross McCrory playing with a smile on his face, and he looks very happy and very content. And uh, good luck to the young lad. He's a, a fantastic footballer. Are you worried about the player he might become? Do you think that it could be a mistake in the long run, Tarek, to to have let him go? 
Uh, when I when I weigh up the situations, uh, it could be a mistake, but at the same time, I can understand why the, the Rangers have let him go, and uh, I, 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 it makes sense to me that they've the, got the, 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 a clause in the contract that he can't play against ourselves, and uh, let's hope that he bolsters up the Aberdeen's uh, full picture, because Aberdeen have got some good promising players, and they can hurt a lot of teams, you know, in the country, you know. I think Rangers were happy to let him go on loan, but would have been happier for him to come back at the end of the season. But I think it's Ross that's pushed it. Ross has realised he's at an well. age. Yeah. That, yeah. And I love to see that. I love to see that for, for young guys where he's not played a lot of first-team football. I know he went down to Portsmouth. But I think he played yeah. full-back down there. I love a guy that's wanting to go, take the step out of the old firm, if you see it, step down in terms of size of club, go and play... 50, 75, 100 games go and get the experience under your belt and do you know what see if he produces yeah. the performance he done on Sunday well, there'll be a lot of clubs looking at Ross McCrory that's for sure you look yeah, at well, uh, sorry, 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 no, sorry you carry on Tarek well I've got two brother-in-laws in Australia and one happens to be a Celtic fan right another one's an Aberdeen fan you know and they have never had a bit of a laugh with them you know but I keep on saying they're the Aberdeen fan I don't know what it is, but every time you play Celtic, you don't really see me uh, do so well as you do against Rangers. But I think with Mr McCrory and the team, there's going to be a wee bit of uh, a wall put up, you know, let's just say. I'm going to find it more difficult, Celtic. We've been talking about the potential too um, of Lewis Ferguson, Ross McCrory, David Turnbull, Mm -hmm. currently... The three midfield players in the in the Scotland under twenty one mm-hmm. squad that 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 could develop into something something really strong for the Scotland senior side in the future, Barry. One hundred percent. I can see day three in the next six to twelve months, Rob pushing the guys that are in that that Scotland midfield. That that's how good I think that that under twenty under twenty one trio can be. I, I said that last week when Turnbull went to Celtic. Seen him plenty of times. I know he's had a tough time the last year with injury. Fantastic potential. I heard Craig's on the radio last week speak about it. Say that the the Celtic coaching staff will be even more surprised how good he is when they see him close up. Um, Ross McCrory again went and done uh, the hard thing. Go to Aberdeen. Played well on Sunday. And for me, Lewis has just kicked on again from last season. Um, yeah. and it's great to see it I, I think there's real potential and you know what it's a real positive time for Scottish football the amount of good players that, that we've got made available for the national team Tarek sorry can I yeah, just say yeah. a, a few more quick points right? Go for I it. just want to say to uh, Barry Barry I think you know when you said that the uh, trophies I think somebody else said that as well mentioned that the, the Rangers need to win a trophy but we did actually win a trophy it was only a few weeks ago as well, well, five, six weeks ago now, I think. Right, pre-season, I, they, they don't get, listen, we know <laughs> <laughs> it's domestic trophies you need to win. That's well, what you're judged on. You, you know as a Rangers fan, and I knew yeah. as a Rangers player and a Rangers captain, you're judged on winning trophies. Of course, of course, of course, I do understand that, but I mean, let's, let's just say that's the start of a, a hopefully a happy little story coming shortly. That trophy still means something to you, Tarek, right? Sorry? I said that trophy still means something to you. Well, uh, you know, I, I do get the, 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 the point that, you know, that it's domestic trophies that really matter. And, uh, you know, uh, it's still a trophy. As far as I'm concerned, we went over there and we went over to France and we played 
four, the three, sorry, very good football teams, and they came back as uh, the winners. You can't knock that, you know. And uh, I think that was just the start of uh, something good that's coming this year. And I'd like to say, when I said about the five-year rolling contract, I was actually uh, not just about Stephen Gerrard. I was actually thinking of Gary McAllister. What a legend! What a player! What a fantastic individual that he conducts himself as well. And uh, I think the Rangers should put him on a, another... Well, I don't know what his contract is, but they should keep a hold of him as well because I think he's going to be the next Rangers manager. That's what I personally hope and hope does happen, you know. Tarek, thanks very much indeed. Good to hear from you. And Cheers, uh, Tarek. Cheers, next Tarek. up, yeah, we no, no can problem. hear Please, from... Thank you. Bye-bye. Ryan, I think, has uh, called us 0808 17 17 700. Uh, Ryan from Livingston. In fact, we're going to hear from Ryan shortly. But let's just round up that conversation about Rangers, Barry, before we go to the go to the, the break. Uh, I mean, Tannock was getting very concerned about contracts, not just Stephen Gerrard's, but Gary McAllister's as well. But if they want to be there, they'll be there. And, and, and a lot of that will be dictated by the success or otherwise of this season. Yeah, you were bang on as well, Rob. Uh, if... Look, contracts, look, you could sign a four or five year contract, whatever number of years. It doesn't matter. If a club wants you, they'll get you. But you're judged on, as a manager, you're judged on what you win. And it's the same as a player. You're judged on how you perform week in, week out if a club wants to come in and buy you. But look, look the manager said it, and that's where I love his honesty. When you watch his interviews, he knows that he needs to win trophies this season. He's, he's went two years without it. It's been clear that Celtic have dominated um, trophy-wise and it's up to him and his players now to make sure that doesn't happen this season. Get involved in the Go Radio football show. Ryan from Livingston will be with us after the break. The Go Radio football show. The roads around Glasgow and the West are looking good. Other than the wet rain on the road, of course, be careful for any excess water. Do drive carefully and take care as you go. If you spot anything you think it's worth mentioning, let us know on 0808 17 17 700. If you're confused about these upcoming Scotland games and uh, why we're playing Israel now and then we're playing Israel in October, we'll join the club. I think we all are trying to get our heads around what these matches mean because we know what the one in October means. It means uh, that we're a couple of games away from the what will be, hopefully, if it happens, Euro 2021. But in terms of these games, the Israel game Friday and then, of course, Czech Republic um, on Monday. Well, quite simply, it's a potential backdoor into the 2022 World Cup. Uh, Scotland promoted, of course, from League B after winning their section in the first ever Nations League. And we're now in the group with Czech Republic, Slovakia and our old friends Israel. So the teams play each other home and away over the course of September, October, November, with the group winner gaining promotion to the top tier League A for the next competition, the bottom side relegated to League C. So there you go. That's what it's all about. I, I, I <laughs> well read, done, Rob. Well done. You want a round of applause for that? I, I, no, I was going through it from one benefit, to be honest, and now I feel I know so much more. Let's talk to Ryan from Livingston. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Are you there, Ryan? Hey, how are we doing? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Keeping well? Yes, well. What would you like to say? Uh, so it was just actually about the, the upcoming matches, like you said. Obviously, it's a great um, chance to get a tester and see what the squad's like and see what Israel's like ahead of the, the semi-final, whatever that may be. But my question was for, for Barry mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on, obviously, your experience of playing and your playing career in the Scotland camp and now what you've learned as a manager and coaching, 
you were in charge of the Scotland setup for these two games this weekend and uh, coming up, what what would your your plan be? What's the sort of the formation that you'd go with, and where in the team specifically is the success going to come from? Do you think, Barry? How you doing, Ryan? Um, I actually spoke about it last week. Where Rob put me under a bit of pressure, um, gave me half an hour to pick a starting eleven. Um, <laughs> And I, I picked a starting eleven. It took me a wee bit longer. Right yeah, enough. but you've had a call off, haven't you? Yeah, I've had one call off. Uh, McBurney's called off. Um, I, I, I think he's going to. He's got to find a formation first and foremost to get the two probably most talented players um, in the squad in terms of Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson. You've got to find a, a formula or a way of playing to get the two in. Um, a, a big believer in you've got to play your best players, and for me, both of them. Are proven winners. They're playing at big clubs. They're under pressure every single week. Um, so I, I think he'll go down the route of going with a back three. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. If he plays Kieran Tierney, I wouldn't like to see him. If I'm being honest, where you play it right back, I know he could play there, but I would, I would. He's done it before and it didn't go too well, did it? Yeah, and do you know what? I actually thought he did. He did okay, but I've seen him play with Arsenal at the left side of a back three. Um, so I think that's the route that Stevie Clark will go down. I think it will go down the route of a three-five-one, three-five-two. Sorry, um, and and fit both of the players. And for me, you've got it, Rob. There's no doubt in my mind. No, they've both got to play. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're two captains. I know Andy Roberts is the captain. I, I see Kieran Tierney as another Scotland captain, a proper leader. He's had the experiences at Celtic, winning trophies, he's went down to Arsenal. Some would say he's a more natural captain and a more natural leader than Andy Robertson. Yeah, I, I would say so, um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Andy Robertson's not a good captain. I mean, the guy shows clear. But you, um, want, you want competition for the captaincy as much as you want competition for positions oh yeah, as well, don't you? Rob, you need three, four, five, six captains um, in that dressing room. And that's what Stevie Clark would want. Um, I know Andy Robertson for me is fine but I like Kieran Tierney he's, he's a throwback he's old school yeah. I, I really like his, his hunger and his desire um, the way he comes across as well he's a passionate um, passionate boy But so that that's the way I think he'll go Ryan he'll try and fit in the best players um, and I would be surprised if he doesn't go down the route of a 3-5-2 What do you think Ryan? So I would have, I would have thought the same before McBurney and Shanklin pulled out. I would have thought three five two. Um, I think McBurney's better suited to two up front. He plays that way for Sheffield United, and I think he's done some good things this season for Sheffield United in a two. But any time he gets a Scotland call, he tends to play on his own most of the time, or more so the way we've played a lot of football recently as we a lone striker. And I think looking at the strikers we've got available, Dyke sort of fits that lone striker, and so does Callum Patterson. And if we go a three five two. Now, given the striking options we've got, I'm just not quite sure what partnership he's going to go with up there. Mm. Whether he goes Christie up front, like Celtic have been playing recently, I don't know. Or if it's a case of going Patterson and Dykes, or maybe even Ollie Burke playing as a striker, which he's done before. Uh, I'm not sure, but as lone strikers, I think Dykes and, and Patterson could do a bit of a job up there, and they have done before for us. But as a two, I just don't, I think they're a bit too similar to play the two, which is why I, I wondered about if it's going to be 3-5-2 or is it going to be stick to what we know with the, the common 4-3-3 or 4-5-1 if you like In terms of McBurney um, previous Scotland games I think it's unfair criticism he's had it's difficult um, I agree it's difficult playing up there it's a graveyard shift if you're up there on your own and you've got a midfield five that are 30-40 yards away and the ball's getting lumped up to you and you're playing against two sometimes even three towering defenders 
it's a hard job for the for the boy. Um, do you remember those two summertime games in South America as well? Like I think it was Mexico yep. and Peru, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, do you remember his header that came back off the post? Yep. If that had gone in, would we would ha- would we be having a different conversation? Do you think exactly, about Oliver Burnett? And as I, as I go on, I watched them plenty of times last year for Sheffield United, and I was always impressed with him when he played. But he played with somebody up front beside him, and that's why I thought he would have started the game um, with Dykes up front. And I still think the manager will still go with two up front. I, I could see him moving Ryan Christie just off him, yeah. off a of Lyndon Dykes up there. But I would have liked to have seen McBurnley play up with Dykes, um, maybe shut a few people up. Because as I said, I think he got a bit of unjust criticism. I felt for him at times during the Scotland games that, that I watched. I do think he's a very good player. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You don't, you don't go and score that amount of goals for Swansea and then go to Sheffield United for £18 million if you're not a good player, Rob. Yeah, and he was playing for a team that finished in the top six or seven in the in the English Premier League, and he, and he was he was featuring, wasn't he? He was starting, exactly. starting regularly. So, um, Ryan, so, you, so you're still... Would you still... Are you still wanting to go with a, with a two up front? I'd like to. I'd like to see us play 3-5-2. I think that's where we'll get the best of the team. I think you need to keep three in the middle of the park because that's probably... Taking away the left backs, it's probably our strongest area uh, in the park is the centre midfield. I think you talk about it earlier with the under twenty ones as well. So many good centre mids in there. You've, you could pick say about ten to go in and do that job. You've got the likes of John Fleck who doesn't really get a look in either. I know he's in the squad now, but he doesn't tend to get a look in. So I think if you keep three in the middle of the park and two up front with Robertson playing the same way he does for Liverpool, getting up and down the up and down the wing, and then perhaps O'Donnell on the right. Um, who's played quite well for Motherwell since he's came in uh, should get a bit of success there um, but I just didn't know who the who the two were going to be given McBurney coming out and so on I thought McBurney's probably our number one striker if he's fit obviously Griffiths if he's there but that's not in the question just now so I'd say McBurney's probably our number two after that I think the formation if he goes a 3-5-2 will also suit Andy Robertson because if you, if you watch him for Liverpool yeah. he, he's basically playing as a winger the, the way that Liverpool yeah. play so I think again he's not been on his best form when he's played with Scotland but I yeah. think this might suit him but then again the way that Liverpool play the players that he's playing with week in week out are, are fantastic footballers um, so no I, I'm excited really I, I keep saying it I'm excited, you about, are this excited. Group, about this group of players I think this could be a really exciting couple of years under Stevie Clark and this group of players one note of concern that's been expressed by one or two people has been English players uh, in the squad, English-based players, um, who've, whose season ended a while ago and, and hasn't restarted uh, so far. This is goalkeeper David Marshall on that subject. I think it helps the season never finished. We only had a two or three-week break in between. So I think fitness-wise we're in a good place. We might not be at match fitness, but it's just a situation that's out with anybody's control so I'm sure a lot of international teams will be feeling the same but we'll be ready to go come Friday night Let's get your uh, closing thought from you Ryan about that is that a concern with you at all about uh, some of the English based players who haven't played for a few weeks? Uh, it's always going to be a tough one if you've not got that much match sharpness um, they will have played friendlies and things like that but I suppose it's nothing like the, the real thing um, I would probably go McLaughlin this week because he's been playing I know there's a lot of talk um, on the show and things like that about only facing seven seven shots in six games or something like that this yeah. season but I think a big part of him 
No, not Rob's start. That was Rob's start. <laughs> yeah, that was my start, so it's probably wrong. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I he, he, he hasn't had much to do. But yeah, he has, he has looked, he has looked good, hasn't he, on what he's had to do? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's the way he commands that that stops him facing so many shots. So I think that's a big part of it as well. And I think we've had a lot of goalies at command area with Gordon and, and McGregor and Marshall. They've all been big figures in the Scotland camp over the last 15 years or so. So it's, it'd be nice to have somebody new in and fresh who can do the same sort of role. Okay, Ryan, thanks very much indeed. Good of you getting in touch. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers. 0808 17 17 700. Next up, Graham from Clarkston. Hi, Graham. Hi, how you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. What would you like to say? It was just a question for Barry. Uh, there's, there's obviously a lot of, these days, there's a lot of people obsessed with formations and what what four three three four two three one for Rangers. I was just wondering, uh, under Mota and even McLeish, how much they focused on shape and formations and why do you think fans care so much more now than they did then? We, we, to be honest with you, um, Graham, we did do quite a lot of work um, probably 48 hours leading up to a game on um, the kind of shape or the formation we were going to play. I, I, I know now there's a lot of people saying about uh, the way that the Rangers manager sets up. Is it a 4-2-3-1 and a 4-3-3? See, at the end of the day, as long as you're seeing good attacking football and guys who have got passion and, and energy about them, I think the Rangers fans would be would be happy with that. Um, in terms of formation, I'm not a big one It looks too much into it um, so I, I don't know your thoughts on that No I definitely I think that the formation's a bit it's a bit uh, looked at into quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, I think there should be a Right we're struggling with that phone line I think yeah. Goes left and then goes middle it's in terms of that and stuff as well and there you go Yep. Graham, are you walking about at all? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, could you start walking about then? <laughs> we just lost you with your yeah, reception we're, there. We're, we're struggling a bit with that line. Is there is there too much emphasis, Barry, at times on, on, on formation, especially when you see the, the top teams and, and their interchangeability? Uh, you took the words out of my mouth, Rob. I think with uh, what Graham's just saying there, he's saying like Ryan Kent coming off the left side, going over to the right side. I think that's the manager just giving these guys the freedom to go and play. When Rangers have got the ball, go into positions where it's difficult to get picked up. Um, it's about freedom. Go and express yourself. That's the best way to be. And when you lose the ball, work hard to get it back. Um, so, so is formation more important defensively oh, it, than it is going forward? Yeah. Without the ball... Rangers get into a good shape now. Without uh, with the ball, you can see players moving about, desperate to get on it, playing with a bit of freedom, which, which has ended up with getting five wins out of six, I think. Um, and you see the difference in Ryan Kent. I mean, if you watch games, he pops up on the left side, pops up on the right side. He's in the middle of the park getting the ball in a half turn. I love to see that, and that's the manager trusting a player or trusting all his players to go and get the ball and, and make sure they do something with it and that comes down to go and express yourself play with a smile on your face and that's what I'm seeing for this Rangers team Let's try that dodgy phone line again see if Graham is there are you happy happy Graham with the way Rangers are playing so far this season? Yeah right, well, it's, it's early days but it's uh, in all, all aspects 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're building on a, a really solid foundation at the moment, and that's crucial, isn't it? Because you, you can imagine with the new players coming in, with Kemar Roof and, and Cedric Eaton, and possibly the departure of Alfredo Morelos, or it might just drag on till October. Um, who knows? Rangers want it sorted soon, that's for sure. But there, there are questions to be answered in attack. Where are the, the 30, is there a 30 goal a season man if Morelos goes? So, what's crucial is that Rangers are solid at the back. Yeah, listen, the, the record says no no goals conceded. Um, but I think if you ask a manager, he wouldn't mind winning 3-2, three, 4-3. Three, as long as you get three points, Rob, at the end of the day. And a good thing I'm seeing with Rangers at times is when they're not playing as well, they're still getting results. And also, going down to 10 men, Hamilton Ackies, on Saturday there, I'm sitting watching it, I'm thinking to myself, this is a, a big opportunity to go and get four, five, maybe even six goals. Um, but in a whole, it's early doors. People need to remember that. There's only six games in. Don't get carried <laughs> away. There's still a long way to go. And I've, I've, I'll always say it, back when I played, if something went on across the city, Celtic were going through a wee dip, bearing in mind they'll, they'll come back strong. So you need to focus on your job and your job only. Rangers feeling good at the moment, top of the Scottish Premiership into this international break. But we'll be finding out a little bit more about Celtic's new signing after the news at six. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Joe, and it's good to have you with us on Glasgow's own football show. You're listening in bigger and bigger numbers. Good to have you along. Get in touch, get involved. We've already heard from former Celtic defender Eric Sviatchenko on the show, and we're going to find out more shortly a lot more about Celtic's new signing. But how do we get in touch, Ali? Yep, give us a call 0808 17 700 or if you want to drop us a text 874 74 put and go at the start of your message. And remember, all the socials go football show. Just a wee quick heads up if you're heading home or about to leave from work, there's an accident on the M8 eastbound and there has been, they're still trying to clear it up at the moment. That's between Junction 8 and the M73, Junction 2 Bayliston to Junction 7A Bells Hill Bypass and one lane is blocked and there's slow traffic there. And Barry Ferguson's worried about his golf game tomorrow morning because he's looked out the window <laughs> and it's pouring. I'm worried. I'm worried. Do you, have, do you have a rain game? No, I, I don't enjoy it. I use that as an excuse. Okay. I'll I'm be better in the rain. Hmm? I'm better in the rain. No, golf. You, you can't play golf, golf in rain. I can. Impossible. Yeah, makes the greens a bit faster. No. I like it. No, anyway. Anyway, well, I'll still play. Makes them slower because when I hit it too fast, it slows it down. I'll still play. <laughs> I had a nightmare last week, so. I hate to interrupt a golf chat, but it's finally happened. <laughs> Shane Duffy is a Celtic player on loan, a season-long loan from Brighton. Uh, he's made 130 appearances for uh, Brighton in four years. Um, and he joins Celtic as they bid to reach a record 10 titles on the trot. He's currently with the Republic of Ireland squad in uh, Sofia for their matches upcoming against Bulgaria and Finland. We can hear now, welcome to the show, uh, the man who's assistant manager at Brighton, former Hamilton manager as well. Billy Reid. Billy, how are you? Hi, Rob. Very well. Very good, well, Rob. Good man. Good man. Um, what are Celtic getting here in Shane Duffy? Well, Rob, I think it's um, an unbelievable signing for Celtic, this. Um, they're getting a Premier League player. They're getting a guy with uh, great experience, and he's in the prime of his career. You're not getting a guy here who's who's come to the end of his career, in my opinion. Um, change a leader both on and off the pitch, and uh, I think it's a sensational signing for, for, for Celtic. 
Well, it's funny because we had Eric Svetchenko on the show earlier on. He's, I think he's the same age. I think he's 28. And he was talking about being in the prime of his career. So um, Celtic are getting uh, Shane Duffy at a really good time and maybe the type of defender they need as well. Uh, what, what type of player is he? Well, he's a no-nonsense defender uh, in both boxes. He's, he's exceptional, even by Premier League standard. Um, and he's been a bit unlucky. We've come in there, uh, Rob, and he's probably the strongest part of the team as centre-back. And we've just got a boy called Ben White back from the Championship from Leeds, who was one of the best players in the Championship last year. So strength-wise in that area of the pitch, Shane wants to play week in, week out, and we couldn't guarantee that. So, um, you know, Shane had big, big options from the Premiership in England. But, you know, after speaking to him, he's, uh, his boyhood team was Celtic, and uh, he's made the decision to, 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 to go north. And uh, I, I think it's something that the Celtic supporters will love. Was it his desire, Billy, that pushed this through as much as anything? Because obviously you, Brighton could have sold him and, and got a fee rather than the, the, the loan arrangement. Yeah, he's still got three years at Brighton, so he goes for a year's loan. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, Rob, when I first heard it, I thought, that'll never happen. Shane, at this stage in his career, you know, can't get back to Scotland. That's no disrespect to Scotland. But, uh, you know, as it went on, uh, his desire and to, to go and play for Celtic was, was burning. And... Uh, I think a hungry player and somebody who, who will certainly make a big, big difference uh, in the mentality of, of the back line. Is he an adaptable defender as well? Because there's there's lots of talk up here, as you'll well know, about, about Celtic, whether they play a defensive two or a, a defensive three, as happened very successfully in the second half of last season. Well, what I will say, under Chris Shooting and, and probably the Republic of Ireland, he's always played in a back four. He's always been a two, two centre-back. But, but this season, he's played in a back three for us. He can play right in the three. He can play middle of the three. So I think in terms of adapting, I don't think that'll be a big, big problem for him. Um, but probably, you know, I'd say he's played most of his career uh, in a back four. Billy, it's Barry here. How are you doing? Hi, Barry. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, I'm good. Billy, I'm interested. How did you end up in Sweden? How did that come about? How did I end up in Sweden? Well, Barry, I left Hamilton and... Uh, I had a couple of months and, and people would ask me would you get in here and get in there and I took my time uh, and there's a boy called Graham Jones who was my assistant at Hamilton for he was my assistant at Hamilton for uh, like two or three months and then he went to work with Robbie Martinez so him and Graham Potter were, 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 were big big pals and Graham was looking for somebody to come and work with him and Graham phoned Graham and myself straight away and said you should get together what a partnership you could be so but I was 50 years old and I was thinking going to Sweden at this stage I'm not I'm more sure about it but then I decided I'm going to go over for a week. I never met Graham and uh, just a real feel. It was a small club, Ostersund, small club, 1,000 fans. Um, but just his, his ethos and philosophy is exactly what I wanted to be involved in. And I had a good feeling for it. And, uh, you know, we, we moved into the top league, won the Swedish Cup, got into Europe. And then, you know, we just went from strength to strength. And then we ended up with Brighton in the Premier League, Barry. Were they in the bottom leagues in Sweden? Well, when Graham took over, they were like tier four. But that's tier four, Barry, is like like the tenth or eleventh tier because there's tier four in the south and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he 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 had two promotions for the fourth and the third. And when I went there, they were in what we call Super Etan Championship, sec- second tier, um, which is some of the teams are part time. Uh, you know, they, they don't have a lot of finance and things like that. So it's probably the same as Ostersund. But uh, no, we, we, we recruited well, we, we, we brought guys, we appointed to prove, um, you know, made them better, um, created an environment 
um, that, that was second to none. And, uh, you know, some of the things we did, Barry, to, to get to Europe and, and beat some of the teams we did was was quite remarkable, you know. Because I've seen quite a lot of British, there's quite a few Scottish boys as well. My, my son's actually over there playing just now. It's a... It's a good, it's a good league, and it's a good environment for these these younger boys to go over and play. It's a bit different for Scotland, Barry. It's a lot more thoughtful and more time over there. You know, I, I see the Scottish game, and it's it's quite frantic at times. It's you know, and don't get me wrong, Barry. It's not easy to play in Scotland. I'm the one here thinking it's easy to play in Scotland because I don't think it is at all. I think it's really committed to the Scottish league. But younger players, I think, get more time to develop in terms of on the ball, and and it's not so physical. And I think if if you can you can manage that and get through the, the early years from and get gain an experience playing at a level, then I think they can progress. And I think it's a real good pathway for some young players. Billy, yourself and Graham Potter have had some, I guess, different ideas. Maybe the way to put it of how to get players out of their comfort zone, haven't you? I don't think we've had different ideas. I think it was. Uh, oh, sorry. I mean, you and Graham have had the same ones, but I mean, getting getting some of the players on the the stage to sing. Am I right in hearing that? Yeah, but the first time, the first time I went there, I tell people um, I was there one day, and Graham hadn't mentioned anything about the culture stuff, and then he said, uh, "You'll enjoy this tonight." The chairman's speech. It's every it's every uh, year after the first day's training. So I've turned up and then they said we're going to do an art exhibition, which I'm thinking, that's not what I think. That's not what I think. Look at that in Scotland. At, I would be very good at drawing in school, guys, I assure you. So I was like, oh, here we go. And then we did so many other different things and we ended up singing on the stage in front of 2,000 people. And it was a real team bonding thing. It may sound crazy. Um, players at the start weren't they for it. But once you've seen the manager and then the coaches... You know, performing as well. They, they then come out of their comfort zone and there's a real team togetherness. And when the show comes along, whatever it is, the exhibition or the singing or whatever it may be, there's a relief and there's a, a togetherness when it finishes because um, you're under pressure. You're under big, big pressure, guys, to sing in front of people. Um, and it certainly worked for us, um, certainly in Ostersund. Was, was the rumour true that the, the Sweden's got talent? People were looking at you potentially to get you on, Billy? Well, you know that's definitely a certainty, Rob. Um, <laughs> I've, I've actually, I've actually just, uh, I've got a partner film down here, Rob. The the film producer is a boy called Elliot Hassler, and he, he's, he's making a film at the moment called Vindication Swim. And uh, he's seen some of my stuff in Ostersund, and he invited me for for, for uh, a partner in the the, the, the film. Uh, so I went, and I've got a partner film. So the film about next year. So it's, it's been interesting. Seriously, it's Rob. Seriously, yeah, serious, Rob. Yes. Serious, Rob. Look at you on. What's the part? I'm a barman. <laughs> this is brilliant. Billy, you're normally other side of the bar, aren't you? I uh, know, I'm, I'm now the barman. I'm, I'm called Billy the barman. So, uh, <laughs> at least you no, get your no, own name. The, 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 the players said they're real laugh at it as well, I think. But you know, after doing all this stuff in Oster soon, when the, the boys are season ticket holder, um, and uh, he invited me down. So to help and play the part and help them, uh, I was always willing to do. And have you and Graham continued those ideas into into Swansea and now Brighton the some the offbeat ideas the the whole sort of concept of of getting players out of their comfort zone? I think we we certainly um, not as much obviously as Northampton. It'd be difficult to bring that culture in, straight into to England. If I'm being honest, but we're certainly really big in team bonding exercises. When we go away with St Andrews last week, we're always every night you know doing something with, with a group. We think the more you can do with a group, we're, we're a big believer in, uh, you know, you, you know, smaller clubs in that. You, you, 
you don't have the best players. But if you can get your players believing you on the pitch and having a real group ethos off it, it's worked for us. So we'll continue to do that, Rob. How was last season for you? Last season was obviously Graham's first year in Britain as a manager. Um, it took us about a time to, to, you know, Swansea had been relegated, so going into the, the atmosphere was was difficult. Um, we then brought through some young players again. It's important that we, we keep it fresh and bring young players through. Um, that was certainly the Swansea days. And then last year, obviously, with the, with the lockdown, that was uh, completely alien to, to anybody. It was really, really difficult. We were never the bottom three. Um, you know, we brought some young players through our youth system. It was playing the first team as well. So it was pleasing. Uh, at the end of the season, we ended up with 42 points, Rob. So that was our biggest ever points total in the Premier League. So th- things went okay for us. You got you got points on the board early on, which was probably crucial, build, building up points and not not getting yourself putting yourself under pressure right from the start. As can be the case if you if you do struggle in the first couple of months. Well, Rob, in the, you know, the Premier League in England, if you if you don't get some points on the board and then you you see your next run of games and you can lose five in the bounce type of thing, it's it's, it's it's more than easy to do that. But yeah, you're right in saying that. But then after after the new year, we, we struggled a bit. We, there's a few games we should have won and we, and we never picked up the points we should have merited. And that put us under a wee bit of pressure before lockdown. We were two points off the bottom three. But but the, 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 the effort for the staff and, and everybody, you know, during lockdown, where we worked continuously and, and, and training sessions in Zoom and then in individual sessions after that, um, we thought we were ready. And uh, we, we had a real good finish, strong finish to the season. It's all credit to everybody involved with the club. You've come a long way since your time at Hamilton Ackies, but that must be a, a special period in your in your career. You must look back on that with a, a lot of pride about all the all the young talent that, that came through. Yeah, the young talent, and I think how, how we try to play. Um, it was important for me to stamp how, how I wanted to develop players, and I've continued to do that in Osterstown and Swansea and, and, and Brighton as well. It's, it's what I believe and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's certainly the way forward uh, young players. And it was interesting, we played Crystal Palace this season and, and James MacArthur and James McCarthy are playing against <laughs> yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah. So that, that we, we stood together for years and thought, who would ever think, you know, all these years later, we're, we're playing against each other in the Premier League. It's uh, it's a special story, Rob. And they're still doing it as well. They started off the season at Celtic Park with a, a team that had an average age of 22. And the, the, those young players keep coming off that, that assembly line. It's incredible. Yeah, they, I think they're favourites to, to get relegated most years. But I think the pundits have stopped doing that now. <laughs> yeah, well, we've had to. <laughs> you, you had to stop doing it because everybody's saying, this is definitely Hamilton's year. And, and somehow... By, by hook or by crook, they, they, they simply manage and bring some young players through again. And, and all credit to them, it's a well-run football club. What do you think about this, the state of Scottish football at the moment? Where are we going? Do we know where we're going? Is it uh, Do we have the right people guiding us in the, in the right direction, Billy? When you look in from the outside, you've been, I guess, long enough away now, out of Scottish football, to, to look back and, and maybe have some sort of detached analysis. Yeah, no, but I, I don't think I'm in a position to, to comment on who's running Scottish football, but... As somebody who's been involved, you know, some of the things that crop up, you think, what's well, incredible? How, what, why are we getting ourselves in that such a mess? Um, but the, the most important thing is, is, is we, we try to rectify going forward, not looking back. Um, uh, people ask me about Scottish football, uh, and at times it's maybe not pretty any eye, but I'll tell you, Rob, see, playing in Scotland, it's no easy. Teams make it real hard for you. It's a really competitive league, um, and uh, I, I tell people that all the time. Do you still look up here for talent? Um, 
I've got one or two people in the, in, uh, up, up north who, who tell me when there's one or two players, it's, the, the level, you know, in the Premier League, it's, uh, there's, 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 there's definitely talent there. Of course there is. Um, but, but there's other leagues in the world we'd probably look at before the Premier League, if I'm being honest, Rob, you know. And how intrigued are you about Rangers against Celtic this season and Celtic looking to, to do the 10 and, and Rangers desperate to, to stop them? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think everybody's got thoughts on it for, for, for whatever team you're with. Um, it's been it's been really interesting how how it started. You know, with Celtic playing catch up with the games behind type of thing. That's something that nobody ever seen happening. Um, I think Rangers looking at it are probably are probably as strong as they've been. I, I like the look of Ryan Kent, Rob. I think he's been yeah. with what I've seen of him. I think he's an outstanding player um, with a real appetite for the game. And then obviously Celtic with with Callum McGregor and. And, and Edward and things like that. So I think Celtic are favourites. Um, but, um, you know, I think even Celtic probably at the start thought they were maybe too strong. I think it's a bit closer now. But you never know what can happen in the next few months, Rob. It's interesting you bring up Ryan Kent there because the, there is interest. There's definitely interest in, in England. Leeds United have made a bid already for him and who knows whether they're going to come back or not. But what you want from a player in those circumstances is a positive reaction. And and he is turning it on week in week out for Rangers, even though all that speculation continues. Yeah, what I seen last year, probably in terms of assisting goals, he, he probably didn't produce as, as much as he would like. But he's a young player coming to Scotland; it couldn't have been easy for him playing with one of the bigger clubs. But what I've seen this season, um, you know, his directness and he's, he's running with a ball two-footed has been exceptional. Uh, and that's no surprise. You know, he asked me for his talent in Scotland. Well, he's certainly one that can come down and play in the Premier League in my opinion, no problem. Let's finish where we started. Um, Shane Duffy, uh, that finally it's <laughs> taken a wee while to get through all the medicals and all the all the financials, presumably as well. But finally, he is a Celtic player on loan for the season. And uh, anyone who was listening to you right at the start of this uh, will will know for sure that that you reckon Celtic have made a really big sign. This could be a, a significant signing for them in, in this biggest of seasons. Yeah, Rob, if, if, if Shane stays fit and he's not had many injury problems in his career so far, Shane Duffy will be a massive influence for, for Celtic. In the dressing room, he's, he's a winner. And, uh, you know, it's a major, major sign, in my opinion, for, for Celtic in the Scottish Premier League. Well, Willie, Billy, great to hear from you and good luck with your blossoming and movie career, obviously. Hope that, hope that. You'll, you'll need an agent, so I, I might be willing to uh, take on that role for you. <laughs> Shot, I, shot it, I, shot, I shot at glory. My movie career started and finished with a shot at glory. Um, <laughs> I, I think it went straight to video, as I recall. But, but good luck. Aww. And uh, when, when things got back underway, good luck with Brighton. And uh, when you're back up, uh, back up this way, give us a shout. Okay, no problem. Have a good night. Uh, take care, guys. Good luck, Billy. That's Cheers, Billy. Bye bye, bye bye, mate. Bye bye, guys. Bye bye. Billy Reid, assistant manager with Brighton, uh, talking big things there about Shane Duffy. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! What we guarantee on this show is a VIP guest list night after night, 5 till 7, Monday to Friday. And I reckon we've done it again tonight with uh, former Celtic defender earlier, Eric Sviatchenko. Good to talk to him for 15, 20 minutes. And you just heard there, uh, before the break, from the Brighton assistant manager, Billy Reid, raving uh, about Shane Duffy and what Celtic have signed on loan for the season. 
you can be a part of the show as well. We prefer it if you are. And here's how to get in touch, Ali. Yeah, maybe you want to get us on the socials at Go Football Show for all of them. Drop us a text, 874-74. Put Go at the start of your message. That'll make sure it comes through to us. And it's just your normal network rate. Nothing extra special there. Or give us a call, 0808 17 17 700. Well done with that. <laughs> We're just talking about it. Apparently I missed out a 17 <laughs> earlier. Sorry. Oh, what's a 17 between friends? <laughs> We've got Leanne Crichton with us uh, tomorrow night. Glasgow City and Scotland uh, midfielder she joins us uh, along with some great guests as well and uh, Cy Ferry uh, will be in on Friday Paul Cooney (laughs) returns as well yeah I'm sorry he has to return at some stage does Cy so let's get to that Ollie McBurney statement because uh, a lot of people upset about the fact that Ollie McBurney said he wasn't ready for Scotland but he was ready to play for Sheffield United yesterday and Steve Clark had to say he he seemed reasonably happy with, with, with the way things had panned out but Ali what's Ollie McBurney himself got to say for sure well what Ollie said is basically nobody is more frustrated than me at having to withdraw from the Scotland squad for this double header I know both my club and international managers have explained the situation but I feel it's important that I do too the reality is I haven't been able to train at all for the last two weeks due to a cut in my foot that became infected Given that pre-season coincides with the Nations League matches as a result of the COVID-19 impact on football, the last thing I wanted to do was let myself or my country down. I was ready and I was willing to give it my best, but both managers, probably rightly, took the decision out of my hands. Playing a bit longer than I expected in a friendly is a different world to an international double header, but I get at how some people can perceive it. I will be supporting my teammates from home and putting it in the work to get fit for October. Stay safe and see you soon. It's growing arms and legs, this one. <laughs> Ollie Gate um, and Barry, you've been checking it out as well, haven't you? Yeah, listen, but when I seen him play that 45 minutes, Robert, I was taken aback a bit. But as soon as the manager, Steve Clark, came out and, uh, and spoke about it, that he was in constant dialogue with uh, the Sheffield United manager. Yeah, Chris and now, Wilder. Yep, and now Ollie's, uh, McBurney's come out with, with a statement. That, that's it, finished for me. The boys admit he's not fit enough. Steve Clark's happy enough. And I'm happy enough now, we just need to move forward and concentrate on these um, two games. i seen an interview with Ollie McBurney, to be fair, a couple of weeks ago. And i seen the passion he showed, um, that he wanted, how much he wanted to play with Scotland. And he was desperate to get up and play in this double header. He's got that, that cut in the foot, it's ruled him out. I was looking forward to seeing him hopefully play up front with a partner. Um, but now we just need to move forward and concentrate on the next two games, Rob. Are you happy? Did you say you're happy there? I'm glad you're happy. You're happy. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy that it, I think he's again. I'll go back to when he played uh, the games for Scotland. He got unfair criticism because he didn't probably play as well as he would have liked. But it's a tough shift up there um, playing in your own. Um, and I'm happy that uh, he, he's had a bit of criticism over the last 24 hours. Now Stevie Clark, uh, Stevie Clark, the managers come out says that he's very happy with the situation and now um, the player himself just released a statement that Ali's just read out so it's great to hear that he still wants to be a massive part of it let's move on let's hopefully get two wins out of two and then hopefully Ollie McBurney will be back um, in October We'll welcome him back Barry Ferguson Ali Defoy Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show and next up for us at exactly half past six is Stephen Craney the former Celtic defender Hi Stephen Hi Rob, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Where do you stand on the Ollie McBurney saga, which <laughs> which is making waves up here? 
Yeah, it's interesting, Rob. At the end of the day, if um, Ollie's got a niggle and he can't play for his country, and I'm sure he'll be t- trying to do everything to, to make the games, but unfortunately for us and him, that he can't make the squad. Yeah. We were also hearing from uh, Billy Reid in the last half hour on the show uh, at Brighton uh, about Shane Duffy because we were probing him uh, to find out what sort of defender Celtic are getting on loan for the season. Uh, Are you happy with that signing for Celtic? I'm Rob, to be honest here. I think that's what Celtic are needing, a wee bit of steel in that back line. They've got good footballers in that back line, but I think Shane just brings that wee bit of steel into the back line. Not only defensively, but uh, attacking set plays, I think he's going to be a real threat as well. And I think Billy Reid was making the point that he's 28, so he reckons he's at the peak of his powers. It's not like a, it's not like a 30-plus defender maybe coming up here for a payday. Um, he's in good form and he's very much part of that Republic of Ireland squad at the moment as well. Yeah, he is, yeah. he's played at the top level for Brighton, club and country as well. So Celtic have got a right asset in their hands and I'm sure, I'm sure the club are delighted to get him in. The Celtic fans always have a view about um, back four or back three. Uh, What's your preference? Because the back three sort of worked so well uh, as Celtic got to title number nine. Yeah, to be fair, as a manager, you want options to play a three or four at the back. And I think bringing Shane in, he's got the options now with Iron, Julian and even El Hamed as well. And he's got the full-backs of Taylor, Frimpong, uh, ball and goal he's still in there as well so Neil's getting a rare talent there to pick from and I'm, I'm sure he'll pick what suits who he's playing against on the day Your old mucker Barry Ferguson's here Craig, how, how you doing? Barry, all right, right mate I'm good thank you yeah. Good. I'm good thanks I'm good I, I'm interested to see I was speaking to Rob before obviously I knew you were a, a decent player and got to obviously we played for a, a couple of years at Blackpool when they trained me the end do it I realised I mean, you were even better than what I, what I thought. So in terms of a left-back at, at Celtic, I know ball and goal, he's not going to play again after yeah, after what happened the last couple of weeks. Um, what yeah. about Greg Taylor? Uh, how do you think he's settled in? Do you think he's long-term left-back for Celtic? It's interesting, Fergie, because he's he's done he's been solid since he's been in the building for me. Um, I think domestically he's coped really well, but to get to that level in Europe, can he do it? Time's going to tell. He's going to play loads of European games and the FA Cup coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I think for Celtic to progress, you've got a dy- dynamic uh, from Pong on the right-hand side. And I think they maybe need that on the left-hand side for a bit of competition for Taylor as well. But I'm sure the manager will be looking at that and getting a bit of competition in that area, obviously the ball, ball and goalie saga. Mm, good, good. Just a quick one. What, what are you doing coaching? You're coaching, aren't you, Cranes? Just now, I'm coaching at Fleetwood under 23s and really enjoying that. I'm working close with the manager there as well, so it's really good learning a lot and hopefully progress and see what it takes me. Oh, two fiery characters. How are you getting on with Joey Barton? <laughs> He's great. Obviously, you've got Clint Hill in the building. As Aye, well. Clint's nice. A good guy, yeah. Great guys, and you've got uh, Andy Mangan and um, Barry Nicholson as well. So, Brilliant. real. Real good team of staff there and great experience in there as well and just learning, learning every day off them to be honest. Uh, brilliant to hear, Cranes. Is Joey Barton glad to be out of the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, Stephen? He's really happy in his job down here anyway. So, and we've done really well last year. We were unlucky in the playoffs not to um, get promoted in the Championship. So we'll dust ourselves down and go again this year and see where it takes us. Was coaching always going to be an ambition for you from your playing days? Yeah, definitely. I'm not 
nobody's uh, going to lie, Rob, I wasn't the brightest at school, so football is <laughs> all I've ever done. So hopefully, yeah, I can I can get coaching for the next number of years. That's the next step for me. Tell me, let's go let's go back in time. Tell tell us about your time at Celtic. Yeah, obviously I broke through in about 2000, played under Martin Neal. Um, he played a back three and I was more of an orthodox left back as such. Played a few games in and out in and out the team. Obviously, Barry will tell you, I supported Celtic as a kid. Um, would like to have played a lot more, but I couldn't let my heart rule my head and I had to go elsewhere to further my career and, and I think it was the right thing that I'd done. Stephen, it's Ali here. You've obviously played with some great players in your career, but who was the best, you think, when you were playing at Celtic? Aside from yourself. <laughs> no, not me, by far. Um, that was a, the squad that I came through, and it was really hard to break through at that time because Celtic Rangers both had unbelievable squads. You had like, the three strikers up top. We had Henrik, um, Chris and John Hartson, so it was great competition up there. In midfield, you had Lennon, Lambert and Petrov, and I'm sure Barry had a few battles with them uh, back in the day. But obviously, Henrik, with his goal-scoring record, that speaks for itself. And he was just an unbelievable ta- talent anywhere the ball went in the box. He, he always got on the end of it and scored some goals. But it wasn't just that, it was his work rate off the ball as well. It's when you go through that squad and name those names that you, you realise how difficult it was for you to be to, to play regularly. Yeah, it was really tough, Rob. Um, but when I played, I felt it was as if I'd done okay. And obviously, I would have loved to have played more, but it was tough to break through. Obviously, Yusuf Garin played left of the three at the back, and he was a top Belgian defender. Um, and Matt Manil liked his defenders really big and strong, where I was more of like a football-type defender. So, but no, um, I really enjoyed my time at Celtic. Great upbringing and um, set me in good stead for the rest of my career. See, that's what I'm, I, I was we were talking about earlier. Rob Crane's made a decision, Celtic through and through, Boyhood team, desperate to play, and he's realised at a stage I need to go and play somewhere else. And it's similar to Cranes. We've been talking about Ross McCrory, obviously yep. being at Rangers, and he, he's took the opportunity. It would have been easy enough for him to stay at, at Rangers and, and say he's a Rangers player. But the young kids took the opportunity to go and play regular football. And I love to see that, Cranes. Would you think about that? No, I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, fair to be honest. And I heard Derek McInnes' interview, I think it was the other day, and he was saying what a Rolls Royce a player he is. And he actually played against Fleetwood for Portsmouth. Um, I'm sure he was in loan last year, is that right? Yep, yep. Um, so he played against us, come on, at Fleetwood. And even watching him playing for Rangers um, over the last couple of years as well, I, I quite like the look of him. I think he can, it's not a step back going to Aberdeen, but out with the old firm. They are probably a smaller club, club than Rangers, but I think he can take a step back to go forward again because he's got all the attributes to be a top player. It's an interesting subject, that, though, isn't it? Leaving Celtic or Rangers, massive clubs, and, and you, it can be your 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 the dream that dominates your, your thinking as you're growing up, and, and that was probably the case with, with you, Stephen. But you, you know, sooner or later, you have to cope with the leaving of, of Celtic or Rangers, and, and some some guys can crumble at that point. Yeah, you're spot on, Rob. It's one of the ones, but I think it all comes down to mentality. If you want to be a footballer, you can be a footballer. And it's all about the dedication and what you do off the pitch as well. And Ross McCrory looks as if he's got a great attitude and stuff and looks as if he trains hard day, day in, day out. So I'm sure he can take his career uh, uh, far. You must be really proud about what you've achieved since Celtic. Yeah, no, had some good times, Rob, especially in the Blackpool days playing with Barry. We got to the Premier League, got promoted from the Championship um, 
unlucky not to stay in the Premier League. We got relegated at Old Trafford in the last day of the season. We lost four two. Um, so no, some really good times. We went down with a point, thirty nine points. I don't think that record of points has been relegated ever since. So we're really unfortunate. And then to get to the playoff final again, Barry was in that team against West Ham. The second half against West Ham, we had them on the ropes. It was a boxing match; it would have got stopped. But you know what, football—you don't take your chances. Um, you get punished for it, and that's what happened in the last minute. As Tay broke away and scored, and the last minute there was no time to come back. But no, some really, really good memories, and can't take that away. It must have been great for you to be part of that football fairy tale because that's what it was, wasn't it? Blackpool getting to the Premier League. It was, Rob. Nobody, nobody ever expected, but I can remember Ian Holloway coming in in his first day and he, he was saying to all the lads, we had a great group, group of lads, as Barry will tell you. And um, he just said, we're going to get promoted. We all looked at each other and just started laughing, but he was a really infectious character and he got his philosophy and he was and how he wanted to play and it was a great style. Everyone knew their jobs and and it's true to his word, we got promoted to the Premier League and it was just a dream come true. He, he's a serious character, him, isn't he, Ian Holloway? That must have been, uh, playing for him must have been a, an amazing experience. Some some strange methods, maybe, at times? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a character, long, long meetings and stuff, but no, he had the, he had the lads playing some good football. Not only had the good football, but we worked hard off the ball as well. And, and training day in, day out, the type of characters that were in that team, we grafted for each other and whoever came into that building, they knew they had to work into our ethos and that's what happened and we just drove it forward and just unfortunate we get relegated for the Premier League that season because I do think with the football we played up until the turn of the year, we deserve to stay in the league. Before you go, I want to get your comments on uh, the left-back dilemma for Scotland. In fact, the whole defensive formation dilemma for Scotland with uh, Tierney and Robertson trying to squeeze them in uh, as we as we can uh, to their best uh, to the best effect. What what would you do, Stephen? Oh, it's interesting. People saying play, playing a four at the back, play Tierney right back, but I think you've got to play both of them in the left hand left hand side. I'm not sure about formation Steve's going to play. I think he, he likes his four at the back. So if that's the case, I'd play Robertson left back and Tierney just inside one because obviously Kieran's been playing left there back three for Arsenal as well. So he would slot into that role no problem. But you've got to play your best players and fit them in wherever that may be. Cranes, um me and Rob are talking, was it, was it 12 caps you got for Scotland? 12 I think yeah, 12. Uh, 12 is that probably a, a disappointment because I was saying to Rob before we come on there that listen uh, as I mentioned uh, when we started speaking to you about 10-15 minutes ago that I, I thought oh, oh, he's always a decent player but until you, you actually train day in day out you realise how, how good you were is, is that a disappointment not getting more caps for your for your country yeah, probably was. Obviously, when I left Celtic, I went to Southampton. I was only there for six months. Then, over the next couple of years, I went to Leeds and a few injury problems and stuff. But there was top top left back there at the time as well. Obviously, you had Callum Davidson, you had Gary Naismith. So it was tough to break through. Um, but if I never had injuries, would I have got more? Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. But um, I can't. I can't. Um, yeah, I gave it more when I got twelve caps from my country that some people wouldn't have got. So. No, I'm grateful for that. And are you hopeful, optimistic, Stephen, about Scotland now under Stevie Clark? Obviously, these two games coming up are uh, Nations League and potentially qualifying us 
um, through another very complicated method for, for the, the next World Cup. But obviously a big match coming up in October, which hopefully takes us to Euro 2021. Are you, are you feeling positive? Um, Rob, yeah. When when you look at the squad, there's loads of players playing down in the Premier League and Championship in England, and obviously the, the boys at Celtic and Rangers as well. So the talent is there. The only the only thing that must be frustrating for a national manager is not getting the squad for longer than they would like. The Jelly's philosophy into the lads, but he wants them to do on the pitch. But I'm sure the short space of time that the lads are with them, they'll try and install that, and I'm sure the lads will give a good account of themselves. Unfortunately, Barry, we haven't had time really to talk about those late night flights. No, back wait, with I mean, Stephen uh, from from London. I, I told you not to say that on air, Rob. Did you? No, okay. me and Cranes had that, a couple of good journeys from London up to Glasgow. Didn't we, Cranes, on a plane? Yeah, had some good times. We'll keep them quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and on that note, Stephen, uh, thanks a lot for joining us on the show. Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks, Rob. Top man, Cranes. Cheers. Cheers. It's sixteen minutes to seven. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. That's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson on the Go Radio Football Show. Leanne Crichton with us uh, tomorrow night between five and seven, and Cy Ferry is back on Friday. And you are was welcome, very welcome to be part of it as well. Great guests tonight. It's been some really good football chat with Eric Sviatchenko earlier on, Billy Reid uh, raving about Shane Duffy uh, signing for Celtic and the quality he could bring to their defensive setup. We've just been talking to the former Celtic defender Stephen Craney. Interesting thoughts from him about how Scotland will line up on Friday. To get in touch with us, Ali is very simple, isn't it? Yeah, just give us a call 0808 17 17 700 or you can do it on the socials at Go Football Show. And if you've never dropped us a text, why not? 874 74. Put Go at the start of your message. Normal network rate. And we look forward to hearing from you. Let's hear from James in Paisley. Hi, James. Hi there, folks. How are you doing this evening? All right? Very well. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, so I'm part of a group of Rangers supporters who do a fan podcast called Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. Uh, we do shows on Patreon as well as free shows every week. One of the things that we were talking about uh, was about Yanis Hadji. Uh, his comments uh, talking about how it's a really positive atmosphere in the dressing room right now. Uh, and I wanted to ask Barry, given uh, you know he's been a part of a successful Rangers squad in the past, how important that can be for a Rangers player, whether he be new to the squad or fairly well established in the squad, to have that really positive atmosphere in the dressing room, especially at a time like this where we're not really playing so much in front of crowds at the moment. Hi James, how are you doing? You there? Very well, bye. Uh, yeah, good. Very well. I, How you doing? I, I think it's very important to have a, a a bubbly dressing room. Look, there's there's no doubt the reason why it's bubbly just now is because they've had an excellent start to the season, five wins and and one draw. Some of the football, I've got to be honest with you, at times I, I've been really impressed uh, with. Um, and obviously, there's been individual performances as well, which have. Um, Made me made me like stand up and take notice. I.e. Kent, who said a lot of publicity leads after him, showing a great attitude. But I I just think a winning team. Um, you come into the, the the training ground on the Monday morning and everything's uh, everything's rosy basically. So that that that's the way it was when when I played. Listen, you're going to go through sticky patches. There's going to be bumps in the road. Whether that be a maybe a couple of drop points as they did a few weeks ago at Livingston but they responded well so that shows me there's a, a high level of confidence and what what's kind of stood out at me as well I, I see a real togetherness 
in this team this season, which has impressed me. Um, not just the good football, but when without the ball, they're desperate to get it back. They work ever so hard with the ball. They're very positive. So all things are are looking um, looking up just now. It's still early doors, I will say. But listen, they're on the right track. I think some of the signings as well is has been key. But it's been important to get them in early doors, and that's what the manager's done. So it bides them a bit of time to get to know their, uh, their teammates, get some to know the way that the manager's going to play and the characters that are that, that are going to be in the dressing room. So that that's the reason why I, I would say that Hadji's come out with the comments. You would imagine, James, that's a really big priority with, with Steven Gerrard because I, I can only imagine what that Liverpool dressing room was like when he was a, a player in it. He he would be the sort of guy that, that pulled everybody together and and you, you just couldn't cop out. You had to do your bit. Absolutely, and I think that's what he's doing with the Rangers dressing room as well. And I think what Barry said is right. You know, the guys that are in there at the moment, they're really pulling together for each other. And you can see that. Um, you can see how, you know, for example, at the weekend there when Hadji got his goal, you know, the teammates coming toward him and being, you know, really, really happy for him. He's kind of got over that, that wee slump that he maybe had at the start of the season. And it was funny, I thought he played a lot better from that point. And you can see that. And having that camaraderie in the dressing room, I think, allows him to kind of get over that hump and, you know, kick on and play really well. And I think we can expect that going forward, that he's going to play a lot better as well, for sure. So I think it's really important to have that. He did a lot to live up to, didn't he? Because he got off to that spectacular start, the two goals against Braga. Mm -hmm. Um, He looked a real player during his loan spell, which prompted Steven Gerrard to turn it into a permanent transfer. But you you set the bar high for yourself, don't you, when you you get off to that sort of start? You're bang on, Rob. I, I thought when the manager signed him, I'll be honest, I didn't do... Uh, didn't know too much about him obviously knew he had a famous dad who was an unbelievable player let's be honest but I was impressed with him when he came in last year I'm still not sure whether he's a he, he, he can play on the right side or he's a number 10 or he plays on the left side but he was highly impressive last year they've obviously shelled out a, a few pounds on him um, I think it was close to £4 million pound, which is a lot of money up in Scotland he's had a difficult start but that's that, that happens in football. Let's see what type of character he is. And he showed when he got put back into the team on Saturday, he got his goal. And I agree with James, after he got his goal, you could see that confidence then starting to come out because there, there's certainly ability in, in, in uh, the player. There's huge potential. He just needs to start filling it. But you've got to give him time. It's Remember, he's, he's, he's at a big club where the expectations are unbelievable. Um, there's a lot on, on their shoulders, certainly this season. It's a pressurised season. They've got to win trophies. Um, but I, I think as a squad and as a club, they're, they're, they're coping really well with that just now. And they've certainly coped well, uh, James, without Joe Arebo because he, he's been on fire this season, hasn't he? He's been the real creative influence behind the front. And uh, you know, to, to continue the unbeaten run, to continue the, the, the clean sheets, to keep on winning games, to... to to stay at the top of the Premiership going into the international break is a big plus considering he's not been there the last couple of games and you would imagine will be back fresh rearing to go after the break. Yeah, he's been one of the more impressive players certainly um, and it was a real shame that we've made, missed out on him in the last couple of weeks um, but I think you're right when, when he comes back into the team after the international break it'll be interesting to see where he, where he fits in because... 
you know, guys like Ryan Kent have, you know, Ryan Kent's been sensational uh, of late. He's had a really good start to the season as well. Um, you know, let's see if Giannis Hadji's going to kind of kick on now that he's he's got that bit of confidence back. You would have wonder. Um, Aribo, I think there's a number of different positions he could play, uh, whether it be in that kind of attacking trio in the midfield, or does it sit a bit deeper as someone that can allow uh, for a bit more sort of passing from from the middle, which is something that I think a lot of fans are maybe uh, looking toward. But it's great to have those kind of options in the squad as well now, uh, to have those different options to play a different way depending on the type of opponent as well, which I think is really, really important. We were one goal against Livingston away from a perfect start to the season. So it's been really, really positive in that respect. Uh, And I have no doubt that we'll kick on from there for sure. Uh, Aribo and Kent both crucial to Rangers' uh, chances of winning the title. Yeah, but listen, last season, Kent, um, the first season that they brought him up from Liverpool, I thought he was exceptional. Um, He'll admit himself that at times he wasn't at his best last season. But I've got to be honest with you, the young man's been exceptional. He's been the, the one guy who can deliver in that final third. Um, there's been a lot of transfer talk. It's, it's almost, Barry, it's almost as if the, the transfer speculation has brought has him up gal- galvanised him and, and yep. made him play even better. And I've I seen his interview after the game and I love that. That's the attitude you, you, you've got to have. You, you've got to fully concentrate on um, your job in, in hand and that's playing well for Rangers. Um, I think in time Rangers will struggle to keep a hold of him but I think it's I think it's so important Rob that they keep a hold of him in terms of Aribo again last year I seen games where I thought that this guy's got something um, watched all the pre-season games was the best player along with Kent and he brought that in at the start of the season disappointed he's picked up a slight injury but again he can be a major player for Rangers this season one of the problems in the transfer market, of course, is that this window, James, goes on forever. Um, and some of these stories could be could be running till October. Um, Alfredo Morelos heading for the exit door, question mark. And, and Ryan Kent, will Leeds United step up their interest? Will they step up the bid they've already made for him? Um, players are going to have to live with this sort of transfer speculation running a whole lot longer than it normally does. It's almost harking back to the days of old where there was no transfer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyone at any point. Uh, it's, it's interesting in that respect. Uh, these guys that we're talking about, and there's other guys as well, like Borna Barisic, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, you know, going further back in, in terms of in terms of the pitch. They are crucial to how we do this season because they've, they've shown early doors how important they are. In particular, Borna Barisic, I think, is one of the best left-backs we've seen for a number of years uh, in Scotland, at least, for sure. Um, but the good thing for us as well is we are not in a position where we need to sell players. If a player is going to be sold, it's going to be for the price that we want it to be at. Uh, and teams are going to have to pay the odds in order to get these guys because, frankly, they are far too important for us. And it's going to take ridiculous money for them to for them to be sold. Um, and, you know, frankly, if the window could slam shut tomorrow, I'd be very, very happy with that because it means we've got a squad that we really work on. Um, but there's no one in that squad that's desperate to get away. Yeah. You know, there's no one in that squad that's in terms of going forward that is, you know, saying that they're looking for that move on. They're happy at Rangers. They're happy to perform for Rangers and do it best for our club. And that's what I like to see. James, good to hear from you. And good luck with the podcast as well. Thanks for listening to this Go Radio Football Show. Thanks to Eric Sviatchenko, Billy Reid, Stephen Craney, Barry Ferguson, Ali Defoy, and Rob McLean saying see you tomorrow, five till seven. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!